This episode of The Geek and I is brought to you by Sumner Twins Talent. Visit them online at facebook.com slash Sumner Twins and buy metallic dice games. You need to up your game, so order new dice, bags, towers, and more from metallicdicegames.com. They have a variety to impress your gaming group. Use promo code GNN to get 10% off your order instantly. And buy Wild Bill's Soda. Slam down a mug of frosty Wild Bill's Soda. They're a fan favorite at every con and festival. But until cons return, check out their variety of mugs and soda flavors at wildbillsoda.com. And bring the mugs and soda to you. Welcome to the Geek and I podcast, part of the Geek News Now podcast network. And today's episode, I would like to bring in my two special guests, Russ and Bill. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Hi. How are you, Don? Doing good, good. So we're going to, um, I'd like to talk about um, some projects that you guys have in uh, been doing, um, and then... I see just from looking in your background there, Bill, uh, that you are a serious collector of toys and, uh, and, and merchandise. I am a serious collector. Yeah. How, how, how long have you been doing that? Oh, my gosh. I think I've been collecting since I was a kid. I think yeah. my set was like those Mago action figures. Okay. All right. So I can't wait to, as you can see, the, the new studio is not set up yet, so... Uh, I have I have uh, walls to cover this week sometime, so uh, sorry about the background, and sorry about my voice. I'm still recovering from a slight illness. Hope you get well. Yeah. So let's start off with uh, let's Russ. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us what you do, what um, how you got started, and what you're doing, and uh, we'll uh, we'd like to hear. Uh, everything that you uh that you're doing okay well uh thank you again for having me on the show i really do appreciate it and uh hi bill victor you know uh i love you so <laughs> i see you again um but yeah i'm a feature film director uh, my name is russ emmanuel um i've done five feature films uh the latest one is called american whisper um and that one is right now on uh platforms like vimeo on demand um Amazon Prime and 2B TV. And it's basically a found footage crime thriller. And it's about a guy um, in the African, African American family. And then the, the protagonist is a guy named Josiah Whisper. And what happens is over the course of the film, his family gets murdered and he sort of gets framed in a sense. And he has to try to prove, you know, that he didn't do it. And that's really what the film is about. And it's based on a true story of uh, murders that happened in New Jersey in the 1970s. So, um, yeah, I, I was um, brought on to the project by my producer, Howard Nash. Howard is uh, the producer of, of all my feature films, basically. And we shot in, um, in New Jersey and in New York. Um, it was, I think, July of 2017. And we just completed it right before, uh, before COVID started, actually. So, you know, at the beginning of 2020, um, and yeah, I, I don't know about you two, but there's no way I could have, um, predicted COVID at all. 
Yeah. Yeah. So no. it was definitely took us by by surprise. But I think one good thing is, um, at least for for people who want to see the film, a lot of people are now um, well, more people are staying at home. So, you know, uh, with these digital platforms, um, hopefully people want to see a film like American Whisper. Um, American Whisper is also something that Bill Victor and I um, have been working on. He is one of the executive producers of the film. So, Now, is this, is this something that came to you um, through your producer friend, or did you actually know about this story and actively pursue it to get it done yeah, he is um, my um, uh, longtime producer since like 2006, and it was his passion project that he had for about 30 years, and he really wanted to tell this story. And we did a feature before this one called Occupants, and Occupants was done in the same vein of the found footage style. Found footage for people who do not know is like the Blair Witch Project or Cloverfield. You know, basically uh, the actors in the film can do what we're doing, stare at the camera. And the camera becomes uh, one of the characters in the film in a sense. So uh, Occupants really was successful for us. Um, I know this is uh, uh, the geek and I, so we did have a Star Trek Voyager actor named Robert Picardo, who uh, has been in several of my films, and he was an occupant. So I think, you know, having him really did help. But the film, it, it it's like a, I would say it's a thriller, although you can say it's also horror. You could say it's sci-fi. Um, it does deal with parallel universes. And it, it's, it's, for me, I was, I, I definitely enjoyed making that film. And Howard really liked the found footage genre. So because that film was very successful for us, he wanted to do American Whisper in that same vein. And that's what happened. So he approached me. He, I guess he was happy with me directing, you know, Occupants. So thank you, Howard. And yeah, he says, hey, Russ, I would love you to direct a, a American Whisper. And that's how it came about, basically. Now, is that something like you say it's a project of his for 30 years? So yes. uh, that's going back, if I do my math correctly, like the 80s. Mm-hmm. So is that something you would have to get the rights for from if it's yes, based on a true story? Yes. So. Yeah. He actually did from the uh, the character that Josiah Whispers based on uh, before he died. So the actual person did die, uh, I think, back in the late 80s or early 90s. So, yes, my producer, Howard, does, did get the rights. Oh, that is that is that's really cool to hear that something that long that somebody's passion yeah. has been going for 30 years and finally, uh, you know, just proves that, it, you know, if you care about something long enough and want to do it, you'll, it, it will happen for you. Yeah, no, he, he might, and, you know, Bill Victor knows Howard, you know, and um, Howard is a very uh, persistent person and he will get the job done. And um, I, again, I would not be here without Howard Nash. I would not have done five feature films. I would not have met Bill Victor. And I highly doubt I'd be doing the interview with you. Yeah. So. Well, thank you. Thank you, Howard. We appreciate oh, that. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, so, Bill, what, did, what was your roles in these um, uh, features that uh, Russ has worked on? So aside from being the, uh, one of the executive uh, producers for American Whisper, I really got to know... Uh, Russ through the Assassin's Apprentice 2, which is coming soon. Uh, Silver Doors of the 
Canary Islands. Um, that should be coming the out. Yeah, the Silvadors of the Canary Islands. If if our uh, our head producer Paul Hickman hasn't changed the title. Yeah, and then there, there's a huge Star Trek connection because our lead actors were uh, Armin Shimmerman from Deep Space Nine, uh, Sean uh, Kenny from the original series, and Tracy Coco from Next Generation. So how how and do you though? Gary Graham. Oh, and Gary Graham, yes. So how do you how do you get these these uh, how do you get these guys to? You just call them up and say, "Hey, Quark, I think you want uh, to you want to come in and be in a movie." It's uh, my producers. You know, again, I'm the director. Um, uh, it's uh, Paul Hickman and our producers Howard Nash. Howard Nash again is you know part of that project, and so is Ryan T. Husk. And they both have connections to uh, these various actors that they built over the years. So it, really, it's them. They're the ones who, you know, really put in a favor, you know, because, uh, you know, these actors, Armin, Sean, uh, Tracy, um, you know, Gary, did not have to work on this project, you know. So I'm, I'm very honored to be able to direct them. And, and I was excited because I was just, a, let's just say, a fan and I would always see them at the Star Trek Las Vegas convention so for so many years. Then all of a sudden now you're actually working with them in a film is, is really exciting. Oh, you worked with uh, Tracy Coco. You should say uh, tell um, the audience about that, the lunch bunch. The lunch bunch. So I didn't, I didn't quite hear the question, uh, but I do play a character, Mike, part of the lunch bunch on the Assassin's Apprentice. I am a retired assassin. In the Canary Islands. In the Canary Islands. Was it Which shot in the Canary Islands? Yeah. Now, do you, yeah, we actually did shoot in the Canary Islands. Not not for the sequence that Bill Victor was uh, associated with. That, that, that one was done here, here as in Los Angeles. Um, and uh, we did a skeleton uh, crew shoot in the Canary Islands in September, um, which was the lead actress, the producer, and myself basically went out there. Now, of course, this is, again, pre-COVID. So uh, Canary Islands, for anybody who doesn't know, which was me, by the way, I did not know until, you know, I actually directed this film. But the Canary Islands is uh, kind of a, a territory of Spain. It's called like the Hawaii of Spain, and it's off the coast of Morocco uh, in North Africa. So it's maybe, what, nine, nine hours ahead of us or ahead of at least me, you know, in uh, California. So that's that's a long commute because you were working on, on, uh, on American Whisper at the same time, right? So you're going from the Canary no, Islands no. To, to to New York and then back. You got some frequent flyer mileage. It may seem like that. But we did American Whisper in 2017, as in filming. Right? Filming is the hardest part. So filming takes up a lot of the time. Once you get into post production, that's when you edit, you do uh, visual effects, music, sound, sound design. I, you could parcel that off to the other departments. And then I, I free up more of my time as a director. Then I could start working on another project. So in 2019 really was the year that was devoted to Assassin's Apprentice 2. We filmed uh, piecemeal between March uh, 29th and September, uh, I'm sorry, November 24th of 2019. So, yeah. And I got to say, Russ really, as a director, really draws out exactly what he wants. If, he, if there's a specific line that has to be said a certain way, he wants it done that specific way. But wait a minute. You didn't eat that moldy pizza I asked you to eat. I did it. 
All right. So, so they're eating pizza, and the pizza was left over from craft services, which is, you know, the lunch, actually the lunch that we ate. And it was already starting to mold from the day before, but we used it as the prop. So I jokingly said to my lunch bunch, including Bill Victor and Tracy Coco, okay, go ahead, eat the pizza. You didn't eat the pizza. I didn't eat the pizza. So is this going to be on the bonus features on the DVD, all this this, uh, uh, I think that might yeah. be. Yeah, we do behind the scenes. Uh, American Whisper, same thing. We do have a behind the scenes, and you can see that if you even uh, buy the Blu-ray, it is on there the, and the DVD. Uh, but yeah, we did a boy. It was maybe an hour or so behind the scenes for Assassin's Apprentice uh, Two, and there's there's some uh, interesting um, bloopers in the film. Yeah, and you get to see Bill Victor here in his lunch bunch role. You get to see uh, myself, um, Paul, and Tara Page, the lead actress in the film, who plays Kaylee uh, in the Canary Islands. I mean, it's, it's some, it was fun. Trust me. It was like um, the Canary Islands was not even on my bucket list. Put it that way. I mean, it's not something that was even on my radar. And to be able to go to a place like that, wow. I mean, it was amazing. It really was. So thank you, Paul, if you're uh, watching. Thank you, Paul. So this the um, Assassin's Apprentice is that a period piece or is that? Um... Yeah, we we should explain. So there was a first Assassin's Apprentice uh, again done by Paul Hickman. Uh, Bill Victor, did you contribute to that one? I don't think I was in that one yet. I didn't get to that one. Okay, so we did a crowdfunding campaign for both of the films, um, and both of them raised a pretty hefty amount of money. So I'm very grateful about that. Um, first one had Marina Sirtis and Robert Picardo. You know, Marina Sirtis was counselor Deanna Troy. Um, she was, you know, probably, you know, just on Star Trek Picard, reprising her role. Mm -hmm. um, and then Robert Picardo. Again, I worked with them, I think, maybe six times over, you know, 12 years, what, however long it is. So um, anyway, so uh, we did the first one. And the first one is basically about an assassin's apprentice. She has to go on one final mission be before she becomes a full-fledged assassin and our uh, producer Paul Hickman is a big fan of action films like Run Lola Run or The Matrix or the original Star Trek series so you know we put a lot of uh, touches of nostalgia in there so again he's a big fan of the original series and even the 90s Star Trek of anything of you know of that era basically um, and it was it was actually quite successful and still making the rounds so we were able to raise the money for a second one. We actually raised even more money than the first one. And again, you know, uh, Bill Victor was mentioned. We had like Armin, Gary, uh, Sean, and Tracy. So the second one uh, is a year later from the first film. And this time she's in the Canary Islands on vacation and she has to go on a, uh, on a mission uh, to protect a group uh, called the Silvadors, who I don't really want to give it away, but let's say one of the, um, uh, one of her, companions is kind of like a drone robot and it speaks a certain language called Silva Gomero, which are is a whistling language in the Canary Islands done by the Silvadors. And she has to go rescue them. And when is the, the release date for this? Uh, next year. It'll be next year. Right now it's in the editing phase and this one's going to have a lot more visual effects than the first film. So yeah, that, that's going to be something. I mean, it, it was a very ambitious project. Now, as far as um, I've always, I'm always a big um, soundtrack score. You know, sometimes I don't like the movie, but the music really um, sells me on the film. How do you guys choose um, the 
the composer for a, a film? Well, I it's it's funny you mentioned that. So I, I um, became a filmmaker, film director, uh, listening to the music of John Williams. And John Williams is the uh, the Star Wars composer, the dress bark, Harry Potter, Indiana Jones, Jaws, those kind of scores really roused me. Uh, one reason um, for me, the, the composer is kind of like uh, the unseen artist in a sense, you know, that brings out the emotion through music. So for me, music is very important. Um, I've been working since Occupants, and that was 2015 or so, since, uh, with my uh, composer, Vasilis Melissus, who's based out of Greece. Um, so he basically, what I do is I do a music breakdown, you know, basically like, again, the composer or the music needs a character arc, just like, uh, the actor in the film. Right. And they need to have a progression. So in occupants, uh, which is a found footage film, it started out with no music and it just kept building, 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 building to a climb, uh, a climatic, you know, uh, blast, I guess at the very end. So if you watch the film, I was very particular about how the music started to creep in into a found footage film. Um, with Assassin's Apprentice, uh, we did, um, there was a cue, I think it was Q3 from the soundtrack of Run Lola Run. And it was so well done that I just liked the, it's a kind of like a dance techno kind of um, like a beat. It goes boom, 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 boom. And for a film like Assassin's Apprentice, one and uh, two, we're going to, pretty much go in the same vein, um, you know, to convey, uh, convey that uh, sense of, uh, if you know the term parkour, you know, people mm -hmm. like jumping off roofs. Yeah, or the so lunatics that jump off buildings. buildings. Yeah, yeah. or uh, in The Matrix Reloaded, the score by Don Davis with uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, with groups like uh, Juno Reactor, you know, how they combine the orchestral and the techno elements together. I, I thought it was very fascinating. So those kind of uh, things are, you know, uh, what what I put into the notes for the composer. Um, and and Russ is so, uh, so picky about his music because he sure. listens to so many maestros that it's uh, it's really tough to say, hey, I think I have a better one than, than that. But I did yeah. get the picture for our, our upcoming film, which was Routine. Routine was part of that too, yeah. So what I, is, do you uh, want to segue into routine or yeah what is what is routine about let's go let's go full hog on on your films here <laughs> what what is what is routine about so routine is uh basically the start of this franchise that we're building um and it really started with um this camera package i invested in which was a uh, a 6k resolution camera um that i i invested in right before covid struck so covid of course you know Kind of shut down the film and, and they 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 held up your payments right you don't have to pay for it during the during this right <laughs> I, I am paying it off for the next three years but that's fine it's you know and we, we decided to do um what started out as a camera test and it was basically uh just a simple camera test and it it ended up becoming bigger than that so uh i got bill victor involved um you see, I don't want to give it away. It's in the horror genre. It's about yeah. a woman. She's in a routine. She's stuck in a rut because there's a pandemic happening. So, of course, we kind of bring in what's happening in the contemporary world of 2020. Yeah. But it's not what you think. It really is not what you think because, yeah. again, it's in the horror genre. But and I, I was so happy that Russ brought me in. It was kind of cool to actually work with him uh, on, on this specific film. I mean, because, one, um, I got input into in making the, the poster. That was kind of cool. Yes, you did. Thank you for that. <laughs> and then it, it, it was good. And then with the music, 
Um, I've been listening to so much local music talent here in Alameda that I said, hey, I think my high school friend has the perfect song to go with routine. And I know Russ was listening listening to so many different songs and he, he said, well, listen to this one, listen to this one. And I thought, well, how about this one from Live to Love, which is a, my high school friend's um, uh, band. Um, and I said, how about this? And he really liked it a lot. It was yeah. Over the Moon by Tommy Huxley and Anna Marie Escobar. It was so well done. Um, and it, it inspired the third act of the film, which was drawn by uh, our occupants, comic book artist called Dave Beatty, based out of Arizona. He actually drew for DC and Marvel Comics. So he's actual professional uh, you know, comic book artist. And because I worked together with him on Occupants, uh, the future Occupants, he says, you know what, uh, he, he liked what, where I was going. And um, I tied it together with the song and it works so well together. The song's called To the Moon and Back. And it's it just like, I, it just works so well. So, yeah. And so I think we're right there here. He, he's, he's been very helpful with the making of routine. And we are doing more than routine. So by, by the way, routine just, just a week ago, got into one of the top uh, genre festivals, film festivals in the country. Oh, very cool. It's called Film Quest. And Film Quest, to be honest, has been on my bucket list as one of the film festivals to try to get into. And they accepted this uh, film, which again, started out as just a camera test, but it became that much bigger. And my longtime producing partner, um, filmmaking partner, I should say, Emil Harris and I, who started out on a film called Girl With Gun, you know, way before I did any of my feature films. Anyway, we are both putting together this franchise and Bill Victor has been kind enough to, he's gonna reprise his role and he's gonna definitely be part of the sequel. You could call yeah. it routine too right now if you want. I, but I'm really excited, I'm really excited to join Russ in the team. That's gonna be great. Very cool. So now yeah, I, I'm, I'm a fan of franchising. I'm a fan of what's called transmedia, which is across different platforms, you know, comic book, short films, um, in a comic book tie-in, uh, let's say Cloverfield did that. I think what was called Kishin or something. They tied it into the first Cloverfield film. Uh, short films like All Hail the King with Ben Kingsley was tied into Iron Man 3 about how he decided to become the Mandarin or quote unquote the Mandarin. Mm -hmm. He wasn't the real Mandarin. Right. Sorry to spoil that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, but it was a 14 minute short film uh, that you could only see by getting the Blu-ray and DVD. So, so yeah. Kind of like those uh, Marvel one-offs. Yes, yes, off. yes. Okay. Yes. And of course, you know, they have the television franchise. And of course, they started out with the comic book franchise in the beginning. So, of course, Marvel is something that's been very successful. something that, you know, I look up to. You know, um, you know I, I love their films. And I think it's just so well done. So, you know, and they have a game plan. Phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four. You know, and we're trying to do the same game plan. Of course, not on the level of Marvel right now but definitely uh, is something that I'm thinking about. I explained that to Bill Victor and to the other people that are associated with the project. So, you know, that's where very, we are right now. Very, very yeah. cool. So Bill, how many, how many uh, films have you been in? Gosh, you know, uh, I started out with just the fan films. And actually before I shout out, here's our little t-shirt from the Sumner twins, my partners in crime, uh, Joseph Kelly and Angela Joseph. Mm -hmm. So I've been working with them on uh, upcoming films, which are um, Clown Motel 2, uh, To Death Do Us Part, um, Compatible, a screen life uh, thriller, 
we're actually gonna we just started um, um announcing a documentary on clown motel so we're excited about that and then also working on appetite for sin so those are stuff that are in the works because of covid we thought oh yeah there's no problem we'll get filming done we'll go to post-production but that's out the window so we're just starting right now with uh starting to film clown motel 2 at the end of the month with all the covid um stuff in place to make sure everything's everyone's safe but we're excited about that so what it, i i was looking at your uh your idea imdb page and there's this one that really interests me it's the uh, it's called time and again uh, so let me start with that's the, my first fan film getting into this whole film industry was the human adventure a star trek fan production we filmed that in 2019 um, our director is David Chang. Um, it's all our close friends from Star Trek Las Vegas that helped us put this together for a budget of zero, zero dollars. <laughs> um, but Human Adventure basically takes place because last year was the 40th anniversary of Star Trek The Motion Picture. We decided to put together a short film based on that. So our episode is really 15 minutes before Star Trek the motion picture takes place. And uh, we got accepted into three um, film festivals and it's currently on YouTube, which I'll send you the link to um, afterwards. Uh, but we're, we were really excited about that filming. So that one is done. So then um, I, I play the role of Admiral Phil Curry in The Human Adventure. And we just started the second film, which is called Time time and again, time and time again, another Star Trek fan film. That one is shot more right after Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. So we're all dressed up in our monster maroon uniforms. We have a Captain Kirk. Um, and it's also based on um, David Chang, who he plays the role of Admiral Nagura. So, um, and it's, the, it's another Star Trek adventure. So that one, we're almost done filming and then COVID hit. And so we're trying to figure out the, the most important scenes that we're shooting now are the battle scenes. And you have to do it within close proximity of people. So we're trying to figure out how do we shoot this film safely for everyone there on set. Well, you can always do it in the, uh, the original uh, TV Batman where they come nowhere close to one another and they all get, they all get punched. Oh, just, that'd be fun. And just, just go, doo pow It's a little yeah. retro with Star Trek. <laughs> so yeah, we're yeah. actually very excited about that one. That one has a lot more CGI, um, a lot more dialogue. And I, I, it's a really a two-parter. It's two 15-minute uh, fan, fan film um, episodes. And okay. I finished uh, filming my, my um, roles in our third, third film, which is called Outrage, which is a Star Trek fan film. And it's, I think it's kind of about me because it's all my fault. I don't quite understand what it is. It's another David Chang um, production with all our regular friends and fans who helped put together the human adventure time and time again. And then this one we're shooting really with just um, green screen from our homes. Mm. Okay, that sounds interesting. Oh. So you mentioned... Um, Star Trek Las Vegas. Now, I, I have a picture here, and this is off your IMDb page, so I'm assuming one of these two um, is you. Um, 
is is what are you task or are you i am task so i love cosplaying and uh um that was i think the year before last that'll be 2018 that I didn't the, know. I didn't know about this role. I, I I've seen you in other other that, that is my favorite Deep Space Nine episode. Is Toss. That is the uh, best, that, that is the best one. Yeah, and that's that, a season one episode, right? Season one. Oh, I don't know which season that one I was. Think, yes, season one. Was, yeah, yeah, it's that, like that it's like the sixth episode. or seventh episode. Yeah, sixth or seventh. Yeah. And then he camouflages, right? He, I guess he becomes camouflaged, or he can be. Like, he has a. He's like a stealth, a prey. And the hunters always trying to trying to find him or kill them. That looks exactly like him. That's amazing. Is is that is that prosthetic makeup or the applied prosthetic is yes done? Did they do a mold? Of, they do the whole mold of your head. Yeah, like that. I had a head mold done several years back, and whenever I want to do an alien, we just go back to my mold and then um, put on um, all all the stuff that needs to get done to make it happen. That is that is wickedly accurate. Yeah. Well, I, I know I know Bill Bill Vic, Bill you uh, you have won right like uh, five hundred dollars at uh, was it two years ago or was oh no that was ago? last year was it last year yeah so I know your outfits and I think you played a character on Star Trek Discovery this time and that's what you won for so this guy does dress up this guy knows how to dress up so you should see another photo there. Um, I did a back-to-back -back win. So after Tosk, I think it was 2018, last year, 2019, I entered um, Star Trek Discovery Lieutenant Linus from Discovery. And no one had done that before. And again, we did the whole thing where we took my head mold, um, put the form through, and went through that whole process with the hands and the face. And people loved Linus. And I love Linus. I Hopefully, there'll be more Linus in the upcoming Season 3 of Discovery. Yeah, I but, agree. But I won that for the costume contest as well. So I have another picture here. Um, tell us what this what this is for. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, so to, to toot my own horn a little bit, this, this is my actual first award because of Russ, and it was for American um, Whisper. So it's like getting your first car, right? You got to show off the, the car, right? So this is my first my first trophy. And this, I heard there was some something about it showing up in the mail. <laughs> I, so instead of getting it at at the um, event, it actually came through the mail. And then, thank God, Sam did not Sam the dog did not uh, run after the mailman, so he didn't drop it. But it made it made it safely to the house. That's COVID. It's COVID. You know, we don't. It's it's a different environment. You don't go to the award ceremonies now. Yeah. Unfortunately. So. Yeah. So, looking at your background here, I see you have, um, I see there's a lot of uh, Star Trek characters behind you. I see a cutaway of the Enterprise D. Um, Star Trek stuff around here. Yeah. yeah, I'm an avid Star Trek collector. I have been all my life. And uh, I started out when I was a little kid collecting the Mago action figures. And I, I must admit that my mom was always very meticulous in making sure that after I played with the doll, I put it back into the box. So they're, they're almost like near mint conditions. I'm, I'm very, I think that's how I started collecting all the stuff was uh, with my mom's um, OCD. 
Yeah, no, I was never like that. I, I, uh, I, I still say that the people who bought my childhood house are digging up a pool and they're finding Luke Skywalker that the dog buried in the backyard in <laughs> 1978, you know, so. I mean, I, I have so many, I, I'm just excited. Um, I just got my box, giant box from the recent Star Trek prop auction that I, I want to just open up at a special occasion and see what all the stuff that I won from the auction. But I always go to the auctions at Star Trek Las Vegas or if there's something that's unique that I want, I'll go ahead and, and try to a bid for it or or buy it. But Masters replica weapons, um, light up the posters, special edition collectibles. Um, that's kind of me. You, you have to tell John how many outfits you have. Oh my gosh. I have more outfits than I do suits. <laughs> so uh, all my cosplay... Um, I think I'm close to either 70 or 80 co cosplay costumes. Who who makes that? Are you a seamstress also? No, no. I actually um, will send it out for consignment, have someone um, make it for me, a seamstress um, or friends that would help me out. And, and they would help me out making the costumes. The, the, one, that, the one outfit that I've always wanted was um, the from Star Trek II with the fold-down flap. To oh. me, that is the ultimate... Star Trek uniform. Yes. I mean, I do have the the pull-down one from, I think it's season three through uh, seven on Next Gen, uh, you know, with the Picard maneuver and everything, but... Um, the Rathacon was, it's I've, the Monster Maroon. I think I mentioned I've, that. But we have that one in our fan film uh, time and time again, and also with uh, Outrage. But that the one that I'm wearing, that I wore... It's from a Novos, and they make the most expensive uh, costumes out there. But they're very detailed and very accurate. So, is there anything in this box that you wanted to share with us? Are you going to do that on a on a special edition of the show, or I do it on a special edition because it's still sitting out out in the front? Okay, all right. So, is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we uh, we wrap this up? I mean, this has been very interesting. I I can't wait to. Um, to get those links so I can um, check out all the uh, trailers and uh, possibly jump on Amazon Prime tonight and and watch uh, American <clears throat> excuse me American Whisper yeah Whisper without an H this is actually okay. his last name yeah okay Silent yeah. H it's not Whisper okay <laughs> all right. No, I, I just want to say thank you for having having me on the show. I really do appreciate it. Um, I, I know uh, it's because of Bill Victor here. Who, um, I don't say thank you, John. Thank you, Russ. Yeah. We have to do this now, right? Uh, oh, yeah. All right. Live long and prosper. Yes. So L-O-A-P by P-A-L-L. Okay. When, when, uh, let's see. When the, um, the Canary Islands one, when that's finished, could you come back? Oh, I'd be very happy to. Um, if Bill Victor comes back, sure. Well, I'll have I'll have him. Uh, somebody send him some rotten pizza. Yeah. <laughs> ask me moldy. I moldy? mean, I specifically okay. ask art department to make it moldy for him. That's okay. right. Yeah. Okay. That that's that's his actor's motivation for eating the pizza. All right. So I'll send it. Uh, I'll send it ground seven day ground. I'm sure it'll get yes. there in Thank perfect you. condition. You're really in perfect condition. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Just for Alrighty. you, Bill, because I, I love you. You know. Hey, thank you, Russ. We love you too. <laughs> Alrighty. Thanks, guys. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Thanks. 
This episode of The Geek and I is brought to you by Sumner Twins Talent. Visit them online at facebook.com slash Sumner Twins and buy metallic dice games. You need to up your game, so order new dice, bags, towers, and more from metallicdicegames.com. They have a variety to impress your gaming group. Use promo code GNN to get 10% off your order instantly. And buy Wild Bill's Soda. Slam down a mug of frosty Wild Bill's Soda. They're a fan favorite at every con and festival. But until cons return, check out their variety of mugs and soda flavors at wildbillsoda.com. And bring the mugs and soda to you.